Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is December, yep, December 7th. This is week 14 of the 2021 NFL season. My name's Michael Nazarak, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, as always, my true brew friend, good buddy, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Fairly well, sir. Fairly well. Being living in Indianapolis and having the Big Ten Championship here, I guess if I'm true blue, that makes me a Michigan fan this week. But uh, but I'm not. I am from there, but I'm not. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> All right, let's get right to the news and notes. Uh, a couple of key injuries here for NFL. I can't believe this is week 14, and yet uh, a lot of fantasy seasons aren't quite over yet. they got another week or two maybe to the, to the playoffs, so everything's important here. Um, this past week, uh, right off the bat, Adam Thielen for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Of course, uh, his team's going to be playing this Thursday night, probably without him because he suffered a high ankle sprain. So the issue here, uh, Chris, is that obviously this more needs more targets for uh, Mr. Jefferson over there. But uh, what about uh, K.J. Osborne and the rest of the crew there, Tyler Conklin? Uh, does this open up uh, some fantasy opportunity for, uh, for the other players? It, it absolutely does. And Con- both Conklin and Osborne have, have produced when given the opportunity. So um, I think this is probably one of those cases where, uh, aside from the owner of Adam Thielen, this is not a big deal from a fantasy perspective but it is a, might be a bigger deal from an NFL perspective because it'll shift the way defenses cover uh, Justin Jefferson. He's good enough to still get open, but it may, it may shift the number of targets that a, a competent quarterback like Kirk Cousins forces into, into double coverage. Um, I do look at the schedule, though, for the next couple weeks, and they're and actually really for the remainder of the season, the regular season, they've got a lot of uh, very good uh, opportunities to run the ball either bad run defenses or teams that can be run on with slashers like either Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison. So I do think this is going to probably uh, facilitate focusing on the run even more than they already would. But I think they were going to do that anyway, even with Thielen on the field. This probably just gives one less really reliable short yardage target uh, for, for, uh, for Kirk Cousins. But I, I think from the perspective of the other guys on the field, probably won't impact them too much, except like you mentioned, the boost for Osborne and, and uh, Conklin. Yeah, if uh, because I, I I'm in one league here and Osborne was on was available and I'm struggling this league so I had a high waiver priority I was able to pick him up. Uh, so uh, if you obviously if you got Adam Thielen and you need a wide receiver boost here, then Osborne is the guy and of course Conklin. Uh, if you have a need at a, for a possible tight end uh, boost there a little bit, uh, you know just consider him too. Uh, well, the other big news that was kind of shocking, of course, me couldn't shouldn't be seen as shocking because this is the the days of COVID. But Keenan Allen, unfortunately, is vaccinated. 
he tested positive for COVID-19 on Monday. So under these rules, he doesn't have to sit out for 10 days uh, and miss, uh, you know, one, maybe two games. Uh, he still has to test negative two days in a row, I guess within a 24-hour period, like Thursday morning, Friday morning, or Friday morning, Saturday morning. Uh, and everyone's crossing their fingers because otherwise he'll, he won't play this week. So the fantasy impact there obviously means more looks for Mike Williams. But what else is there going to happen uh, for the Chargers against the Giants, Chris, if uh, Keenan Allen doesn't play? Well, this week and next week, if he happens to miss two weeks for any reason, they've got good matchups that are favorable for the tight end. So this could finally be the time that Jerry Cook finally starts to show up. I mean, he's really underwhelmed from what a lot of fantasy expectations were. So uh, since Keenan Allen has been much more of a short yardage threat uh, than, a, than a deep threat, that would be Mike Williams' area. I think Jared Cook might see some more of those red zone targets. Um, but the guy that stepped in is in Jalen Guyton. He had a nice game last week even, even with, with Allen on the field. So um, Jalen Guyton, if you're looking for a guy that's waiver wire, might be the guy you want to think about if you need a body this weekend against a very undermanned Giants team. Okay, what about rookie Joshua Palmer there? There are a lot of people in Dynasty Leagues that are kind of clamoring for him, but he doesn't seem to get more than two or three targets uh, each week, but he is making catches. Uh, is he is he worth a, a look there if you can't get Guyton? Uh, maybe. I, I just don't have a lot of confidence that he's going to see a significant uh, target share. Um, he, he hasn't yet, and, again, he, he's fighting with some very well-established veterans. But uh, I think, if, uh, you know, if Guyton's not there, there might be some other guy in the waiver wire that's going to step into a, an equally good opportunity that, that might give me a little more confidence. You know, maybe a guy like a Traquan Smith, uh, now that Deontay Harris is down, we're going to talk about him in a bit, or, or maybe a Jamison Crowder uh, in, for the New York Jets with Corey Davis out. So these, these are guys that I think I might like better than, than a Joshua Palmer, who I really don't trust yet. Okay. Well, you just mentioned Corey Davis, and unfortunately uh, people have been hanging on to him. I've got him in one league, uh, not anymore, because uh, he's elected to have uh, core muscle surgery there. He's been kind of gimpy with the groin uh, for the last two, three, four weeks, kind of in and out of games, not doing much for his fantasy owners. Well, they've uh, they shelved him now. He's on IR. He's been gone for the year. Uh, like you said, Jameson Crowder there. Uh, obviously, Elijah Moore, everyone jumped on him uh, several weeks ago when he was uh, scoring dumb multiple touchdowns a, a game. So let's, uh, let's assume that Elijah Moore is not there. Maybe Crowder. Uh, who else uh, from the Jets is worth uh, picking up, uh, you know, to, to, to help stem the tide there uh, if you lose uh, Davis? Short answer, nobody. Um, I mean, Corey Davis has <laughs> kind of disappeared anyway since Elijah Moore kind of came into his own about week 10 or so, but week, week uh, 7 or so, I should say. And then since week 10 when Jameson Crowder came back, even he's been out producing Davis. So I think all this is going to do is produce some more targets for, for those two guys. Um, so if you don't have or can't get one of those two guys, I don't think the Jets' offense is so exciting that I want to run out and grab somebody that's coming off their bench anyway. Yeah, I think Keelan Cole's still on the COVID list, uh, and I believe Denzel Mims, well, Denzel Mims is Denzel Mims, and he's never barely been relevant for fantasy anyway. And then we mentioned, uh, you mentioned Deontay Harris. Uh, yeah, he lost his appeal. Uh, he suspended three games. So what's the fantasy impact there? Who's the number one guy, do you think, down in the Saints there? Traquan Smith or maybe uh, Marcus Callaway? Anyone else? Uh, no one else that really, again, this is, this is not a passing offense that really excites you anyway, so you don't want to go too deep into it and assume you're going to get productivity. Traquan Smith, I think, is the number one guy. Callaway will be the big play guy, uh, maybe the red zone guy, but, but Traquan Smith is the guy that seemed to be getting the bulk of the targets. In fact, Deontay Harris was getting the most of them once Trevor Simeon came in, and with Taysom Hill and with the end of Simeon's uh, 
reign of terror at quarterback. Um, I think uh, uh, Traquan Smith had finally started to, to show some signs of breaking out. So that's the guy I would look at. Um, in fact, some of these, each of those guys had some good matchups coming up. So uh, we mentioned Jameson Crowder last, the last uh, session, there, section there. And then Traquan Smith, they both got some good matches down the, matchups down the stretch. So you might want to look at either one of those if you can either get them or, or pull them off your bench. Okay, one more big injury here. Uh, Logan Thomas, uh, kind of a good news, bad news situation. You know, he came off the IR. He was out for a long time with that hamstring pull, and uh, he took a low block on the knee, uh, unfortunately. And uh, the uh, the Red uh, Redskins, Washington Football Team, uh, they uh, feared that it was a torn ACL and MCL. And of course, Tess came back though and said that no, it's not as that bad. But uh, he's really out indefinitely here. Might be missed the rest of the season. We, we're not sure on that. But uh, he's, uh, I don't think he's going to play this week. Ricky Seals-Jones there is still nursing a hip injury. you got John Bates. So if you're fantasy under Logan Thomas, uh, do you consider either RSJ or, or Mr. Uh, Bates there or uh, someone else? What do you think, Chris? Well, Seals-Jones can come back. He's obviously the guy. He actually produced very nicely uh, when Logan Thomas first went out, and I think he's going to absolutely get the lion's share of the activity and shove Bates back to the, to the deep bench. Um, should he be available? Now, the question is, is he available? Um, and that's, that's the unfortunate thing because, you know, the people that picked up Logan Thomas midseason um, basically got a, a high-end wider PPR wide or tight end one off the waiver wire, and you can almost get a low-end tight end one with Ricky Seal-Jones if he's available and if he's available to play. So that, I think Seal-Jones is clearly the guy there. What it might do is actually increase the looks for, for J.D. McKissick uh, as the uh, the main kind of safety valve pass catcher on that team. Yeah, and we're still waiting on him to clear concussion protocol. Uh, Wendell Small was filled in a little bit, and I know that because I'm a McKissick owner in the high stakes league and pick up Small, Smallwood and uh, actually got almost five points, and I was happy about that. Uh, fortunately, I didn't need that because the rest of my team played really well, and I won my first playoff game in the main event in FFPC, and so I'm going to cash out there. But uh, like you said, uh, we mentioned Logan Thomas. You and I picked him up in Fanex. And boy, that was a, that was a, uh, it was a really tough defeat. We we lost to the second place team in our division. We had a two game lead, and and if Tyler Bassett just made that last field goal attempt, we would have won. <laughs> well, we, hey, you know we're playing the last place team in our division right this week, and this is the last week, right? So I mean, the bottom line is that if we don't if we don't win, do we really deserve to to, to make the playoffs? But you know, the bottom line is that you know, hopefully we'll win, uh, make the playoffs, and then anything can happen. But uh, yeah. It, it, you were watching that too. I mean, I guess you had to kind of kick yourself about that, about the about the windy condition conditions, right, Chris? Oh yeah, oh, that was painful. <laughs> it was really painful. Okay, Although but, not as painful not as painful as Russell Gage sitting on our bench in the PPR league last week, though. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. But who could expect he's going to catch ten passes or whatever? That's crazy. Anyway, let's get right to the quick list of injuries here. Joe Burrow with that finger. It uh, looked like they tried to tape it at halftime, and he was trying to throw. And oh my God, it was painful. They said, No, no, let's just let it sit on the side of the football there, and it, was, it did not look uh, look good. But it was effective, and he got through the game. And uh, he says he's going to play with it, and we'll see. You know, if that happens, we'll see, you know if he can be, get through practice the rest of this week. Uh, like you said, Dalvin Cook, uh, shoulder. Uh, he was actually limited in practice today on Tuesday, but I think they're kind of ramping him up to play next week to come back because uh, hopefully they they feel that they have got a good shot to to beat the Steelers on 
on uh, Thursday night with uh, Alexander Madison there. Alvin Kamara, uh, he might uh, return to action this week. He was getting a little bit closer. Uh, we'll see if he can practice. Devondre Swift in Detroit with that shoulder, kind of the same thing. We're not sure what's going on there. Elijah Mitchell uh, was cleared of concussion on game day, came back in the game, and then was experiencing headaches on Monday, so he's in concussion protocol. We'll see if he can play. Uh, Melvin Gordon with the shoulder and hip, uh, he missed the game last week, and Javante Williams, owner of myself included, went crazy. Hey, hey, 30 points. All right, we'll see if uh, Mr. Gordon can play this week. Otherwise, Mike Boone will get the two or three carries that uh, Williams can't uh, can't do himself. Um, over in Seattle, Alex Collins is a mess up there. Abdomen, they're saying he's likely to play this week, but we don't know if it's going to be Adrian Peterson uh, sharing uh, snaps with uh, Rashard Penny. Then you got Travis Homer faking punts and all. It's a crazy uh, RBBC there. David Johnson with the illness and the thigh injury uh, did not play last week for for Houston. That led to, quote, a big five points for Rex Burkhead. Yeah, well, that's what he happens when you play for Houston. Um, moving to the wide receiver position, Debo Samuel with a groin. He missed last week. We'll see if he can practice later this week. Uh, us Kittle owners were happy about that because we got all the all the targets there. Uh, Allen Robinson in Chicago, does it really matter? I guess it does. Hamstring injuries, uh, missed the last several games. People are like, I want to bench him anyway and then anything. We'll see. Uh, in New York, uh, Sterling uh, Shepard and Kadarius Tony still b- b- both fighting quad injuries. No, uncertain to play this week. It like, like I say, it doesn't matter. Jake Fromm is going to be starting, looks like, for the Giants because of neck injury to Daniel Jones and then concussion to, to the other guy. <laughs> it's crazy up in New York. Uh, you know, we've been fighting with losing teams now forever, but, you know, we, we keep the battle going. And one more last injury note, Darren Waller is day-to-day now with the backslash knee injury, mostly the knee, and uh, we're crossing our fingers, our owner, uh, Waller owners, hopefully that he'll be able to play this week. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. All right, we always urge people to check our website, ffmastermind.com. Uh, big shout-out to the people that are listening here that have joined, uh, like I said, about two or three weeks ago. We we uh, experienced a big bump in listeners, viewership and listenership uh, over the past couple of months, and it stayed uh, at that high point. So uh, somebody's featuring us somewhere. <laughs> Spread the word. It's all it's, it's all good. We uh, we love to uh, to uh, to to uh, talk about fantasy football and help people out in their leagues and all. And of course, please come to our site, FF Mastermind. Uh, you can check out the free NFL quick bits on a daily basis and free Eye in the Sky scanning reports, including those that cover the Colts from Chris Rito. And of course, we've just update uh, lowered our price one final time. It's a late season sale, people. It's it's the price of a less than the price of a large pizza. Nine ninety five gets you the rest of the newsletters, including our playoff rankings report. That's the NFL player playoff rankings report. It's the last thing we do. It's released the Monday after the final uh week eighteen now instead of seventeen. So you're gonna get a bonus 
uh, weekly newsletter. Yep, it's, uh, we don't get paid anymore, but we do the work. Uh, that's, that's the way it is in the NFL. You can check out uh, samples from week 10, the market, and also week 3, and, of course, week 4, the inside slant, and a lot of other good stuff for, that we've done over the past two or three years on the site if you want to check out what we're all about. Uh, 9.95 gets you everything for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, check us out. And please follow me on Twitter at FF Mastermind. All right, let's get to the picks to click and flick for week 14 of the NFL season. Give me a couple quarterbacks you like, Chris, and why. Yeah, I'll start with one I know you and I disagree on a bit. I know Derek Carr has been up and down a little, and the Chiefs have been really hot, and I love the way their defense is playing. But I think the Raiders are definitely going to be throwing in this one. And, and KC has actually allowed high-volume passing during their winning streak while really clamping down on the run. That, if you look statistically, that's where they've made their biggest improvement is on the running game. Uh, and with Carr quietly having a very big statistical year, he's, he's second to Brady in passing yards over 300 yards a game. Um, he's also been especially good on the road this year. He's averaging 320 yards per game in five road games this year. And he's also averaged 294 and three touchdowns each game in the last three games against Kansas City. So I think this is kind of one of those counter plays where I think Derek Carr might be, might be better than, than a lot of people think. And then a guy who has you know, really hit the wall and is playing bad uh, is Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I know that Jags offense is crawling to a halt. All of these things kind of mean that Lawrence might be available on your waiver wire if you need to fill in for the bye week. Maybe you're a Jalen Hurts owner without a good backup. Tennessee has allowed five straight quarterbacks to top 20 points despite playing a string of bottom five passing defense in that stretch. They've also been particularly susceptible to mobile quarterbacks, and Lawrence himself had his best fantasy game against Tennessee back in week five, and that was when Tennessee was still playing well, uh, including a rushing score. Tennessee does have a solid pass rush and is coming off a restful bye, so this is as much a hunch as it is anything else based on uh, the recent play. Okay. A couple of quarterbacks I like this week. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, he had his first uh, solid game uh, since coming back from that finger injury uh, last week. Uh, you know, he got the job done against the 49ers, and this week he's playing Houston. So I think uh, at least a couple of uh, t- uh, touchdowns in this game, probably one to uh, Metcalf and, and one to Lockett Hale, and maybe even one to Everett. I think we're going to talk about him a little bit later. Uh, and then, of course, uh, there's Aaron Rodgers. I know he owns the Bears and is statistically, uh, you know, not that great of a game earlier against them, but he did run for a score. Uh, this is a home game for the Packers coming off that bye. They need to get back on the winning track here, and I think he uh, gets the job done. So if you got him, start him. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, and you mentioned uh, your click, uh, Derek Carr. Well, I'm going to go on the opposite side. I, I say flick because I think you got a guy is struggling at quarterback, uh, really without Darren Waller. That might be the big key factor here is that if Darren Waller plays in this game, uh, then he might not quite be a, a flick, uh, but I'm not sure if he's going to be a click. I mean, there's just so many so much dysfunction going on in the Raiders' offense right now. They're really struggling. They lost uh, Kenyon Drake. They got still got Jake, Josh Jacobs there, but that hot, hot defense for the Chiefs, uh, you know, to shut down most of the Denver's offense. I know that Javonta Williams had a big game there, but uh, Bridgewater, uh, Teddy Bridgewater was uh, lucky to throw a late score to Javonta Williams. Uh, barely got 17 points, I know, because I started Bridgewater had to with Aaron Rodgers off last week. Anyway, uh, but, you know, uh, that's my, uh, my my feelings on Carr. I would not start him. I wouldn't consider him unless Waller is playing this week. Baker Mayfield, uh, two weeks ago against the Ravens, struggled. They get the Ravens again coming off a bye. I still think there's going to be an issue there. There's no OBJ. Landry's going to do what he can, but it's just not going to be good enough, uh, so I avoid Baker Mayfield this week. How about you, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why this week? Uh, a couple of veterans who have been struggling recently. I'll start with Matt Ryan. Five of his last six games under 15 fantasy points should be enough to scare off anyone. 
uh, especially with one of those being a 146-yard nine-point effort against these same Panthers. Um, and this defense, for all of Carolina's problems, has still been very stingy to opposing fantasy quarterbacks. They've allowed the third fewest points, second fewest yards, and the, and the most or the fewest attempts. Um, this last one really hurts because Carolina's offense likely won't put Atlanta into a high-volume passing mode, which is really Ryan's only path to fantasy success. Ryan has been particularly bad versus Carolina recently, too. He's averaged under 14 points per game in the last three games against Carolina with only one total touchdown. I think you've got to bench him this week. And then Ryan Tannehill. Um, a lot of people are going to look at a bottom feeder like the Jags and assume that opposing players will have solid fantasy matchups, but that's really not the case for this team. Um, the Jags have actually limited opposing passers, you know, to be fair, due to some low volume in game script. By, by holding four of the last six guys under 200 passing yards and only allowing a hair more than one touchdown a game over that stretch. Uh, it also doesn't help that Tannehill has averaged under 16 points per game since Derrick Henry got hurt and is still missing A.J. Brown and will have, at best, a rusty Julio Jones back in the lineup. So I think you got to bench Tannehill this week. Yeah, I'm uh, not crazy about him either. How about a running backs? a couple of running backs you like this week and why? Uh, no one has allowed more running back fantasy points in the last three weeks than the Bills, and playoff Lenny Fournette has been on a tear recently as well. So um, I think he's been used in all phases of the game. He's had back-to-back seven reception outings and four straight games with at least six catches. Um, with Buffalo still showing as the number one pass defense, I'm sure that Brady's volume will be reduced some as they pound Fournette a bit. And for whatever it's worth, he's only got one career game against Buffalo, and he scored twice in it. So, you know, what the heck, I really like Len Fournette this week. And then kind of a sleeper and maybe even a waiver wire guy is uh, Jamichael Hasty. Um, as usual, all the San Francisco running backs are all banged up, and it looks like Elijah Mitchell probably will still be out with that concussion, and Wilson is still iffy early in the week. So this puts Hasty potentially in the lead role for a team that wants to run and against a team that is better defending against the pass. Uh, also, nobody allows more running back receptions than the Bengals, so Hasty's best skill could allow him to be a really solid PPR play, maybe even a low on RB2 based on volume uh, in PPR leagues. Yeah, if that works out that way, I'm, I was shocked when I saw that uh, name on the list, and I said, wait a minute, they all are her Trey Sermons on IR, so he's gone. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if uh, <laughs> Mitchell and uh, uh, Wilson can't play, then you're left with Hasty as the primary and Juszczyk as, <laughs> as the pass-catching fullback there. So, uh, anyway, a couple of guys that I like this week. Saquon Barkley, uh, only because the Chargers, the run defense is struggling, and uh, with Jake Fromm, a quarterback, what's he going to do? He's going to hand off left to Barkley, hand off right to Barkley, flip the ball to Barkley, but it's going to be the Barkley show. So, I mean, even if he doesn't score in this game, you're probably going to get uh, maybe 100 total yards here and maybe six, seven, eight catches from Barkley. That's more than enough to start him and not worry about it. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, CEH, uh, I think he's going to score on the Raiders this week. Uh, you know, he's come back. He's looked pretty good. He is ceding some of the pass-catching duties to uh, uh, Daryl Williams still, but he's catching a few passes here and there, and they get around the end, the end zone here where the Raiders he'll run it in for the score. A couple guys I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about. Uh, Mike Davis had his first relevant game last week. Well, guess what? Like you said, he, they're facing the tough Panthers run defense, and Cordero Patterson is still the man. Uh, Patterson had actually had one of his better games against the, the Panthers uh, the last time they played, so uh, Davis uh, struggled avoid Davis this week and uh, keep Patterson in your lineup if you own him. Nick Chubb, two weeks ago, boy, the Ravens really shut him down. I just don't see that changing that much. I know he's going to be healthier and all, but uh, and they're coming off a bye, and you're going to start him too. But, I mean, cross your fingers and hope maybe you get, you know, double-digit points. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I mean, the guy didn't even run for 20 yards two weeks ago against him. Well, we'll see. Um, 
How about you, Chris, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Uh, yeah, and with Chubb, you've also got Kareem Hunt back in play, which you didn't really have two weeks ago, so that's going to make yep. a difference. I think you're right there. Um, I, I, I real caution play for Zeke Elliott this week. It's hard to like anything aside from the fact that the Cowboys consistently put him in at the goal line. But, but, but honestly, he's not looked like himself since hurting his knee, and he probably lacks the high ceiling this week that you had hoped for with your first-round pick. Washington's also been very good stopping the run. They've allowed the second-fewest rush yards and the lowest total yards to running backs, and they've not allowed a running back to top 71 yards this season with only two guys over 60. And they held Zeke to a total of 11 PPR fantasy points with no touchdowns in the two games they played him last year. I expect Dak's going to attack this weak secondary and stay away from the interior of this line on the ground. And then a guy, again, I think you and I also might disagree on this one as well. I think you might have had him on your quick list. But uh, Devonta Freeman, um, when a team has just not scored 20 points since week nine and the quarterback is the heart of the rushing game, it's hard to get excited about even the lead dog in an RBBC. Um, Freeman has been very touchdown dependent for fantasy value and very up and down week to week. And he's simply just not seeing even 50% of the snaps. Although to be fair, he is dominating touches and targets. Um, this is a game I can see uh, Latavius Murray getting a little more run due to possible weather. So I just don't have a high ceiling for Freeman and a fairly low floor. And if history means anything, Lamar Jackson is averaging 33 points per game in his career versus Cleveland before the week 12 stinker a few weeks ago. So I think a lot of the rushing attack is going to go through Lamar this week. Okay. How about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? That you mentioned earlier, KJ Osborne, uh, the Steelers are below average against the pass. And in particular, they have been beaten frequently by secondary targets. They have a lot of touchdown three straight weeks to a team's wide receiver two, And they usually do a better job of the number one, who I think this week is certainly going to get a lot of focus with Thielen out, like we said before. Uh, but with Thielen out, Osborne has showed himself to be a PPR value on occasion. He stepped in with, with a big second half last week when Thielen went down. Um, Osborne will see a lot of single coverage as the Steelers will focus on Madison and Jefferson, and Cousins will find him. Uh, and then a guy that, that I really like is Jerry Judy. Um, the Lions have been particularly susceptible to the wide receiver screen and to the deep ball, two things which Judy has been doing well since his return from injury. You know, Jerry Judy is clearly Teddy B's favorite target. He could get a lot of work as an extension of the run game as a screener. He's also very overdue for a touchdown, so I think his consistent double-digit PPR totals that he's seen could edge toward 20 if he actually strikes pay dirt. Okay. A couple guys I like this week. Uh, You mentioned him, Rusty Julio Jones. Well, we'll see. Hopefully he'll get rid of a lot of that rust in practice this week. They should uh, activate him because, like you said, there's no Derrick Henry there. A.J. Brown's also an IR. They need uh, Julio Jones, and they're facing the Jaguars. So if anyone's going to make any kind of hay or big uh, points in this and score, it's going to be Julio if he starts then you start him because uh, he's, a, he's a click this week. Darren McLaurin uh, had one of his worst games last week. Well, guess what? A big game is coming against the Cowboys. They're a uh, risk-reward type uh, secondary. Uh, they uh, they take risks and, and make picks, of course, Trayvon Diggs there. But also they give up big plays like the Deontay Harris uh, 70-yard touchdown. I'm not sure if uh, McLaurin's going to score a 70-yarder this week, but I think he's going to score in this game. So uh, start him, plug him in and play uh, this week and not worry about it. A couple guys that I'm concerned about, Brandon Cooks, Houston, uh, well, uh, Tyrod Taylor's out again, and the Seahawks secondary is no joke. They have struggled uh, stopping the run, but their secondary is pretty good. Uh, I just don't see Brandon Cooks doing much uh, with uh, Davis Mills, at quarterback, this week. I'll be careful there. And Robbie Anderson, even though the matchup is good against Atlanta, uh, he's just really off the fancy radar right now. Cam Newton, last game they played, had uh, all kinds of problems. Uh, couldn't hook up with Robbie. Um, you know, this is time of one of those situations where approve it, and then maybe I'll consider you. And uh, he hasn't done it lately, so I'm sitting him. 
How about you, Chris? A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why this week. Uh, I'll start with Darnell Mooney. Uh, Arizona rolled a lot of coverage to the rising star speedster, and he just didn't respond last week. He's pretty much shut down. Uh, they put a lot of pressure on Dalton, so Mooney just could not get downfield. Now, Green Bay does both of those things even better than the Cardinals, so I suspect Mooney could be in for another tough day at the office seeing some shadow coverage. Um, there could be some garbage time PPR value like you saw last week. He had four catches of his five on the last drive, but I wouldn't want to rely on that. I doubt they're going to let him get deep. Mooney's just not done anything this year against good pass defense. He's cleaned up on bad ones. Green Bay is better than average. And then I'm going to say basically any New York Giant receiver. First of all, none of them can stay healthy, and they might be looking at a third-string quarterback uh, that just joined the team against the darn good defense against wide receivers. Galladay might be the healthiest, but really he's the only one that did not produce when he was healthy. I think the G-men, like you said earlier, plan to run Saquon and Booker until their legs fall off this week. Their game plan may look like the Pats from, from last night without the success or the win. So I think this whole situation is ugly, so just steer clear of it. Yeah, I agree with there too. I, I Unfortunately, that's the way it is with the Giants <clears throat> right now. How about a tight end, a couple of tight ends you like and why? Okay. Now, after I told you to avoid the passing game, I'm going to tell you, I do like Eric Ingram this week. <laughs> um, I mean, a third-string quarterback and a second-string offensive coordinator are going to fall back on what they know uh, and what they trust. Fromm had some good tight ends at Georgia, and Kitchen has always used the tight ends a lot. So I think with all the wide receivers ding, Ingram is about the best option they have. So he's probably also the best bet to score this week also, as the Chargers have been among the worst at defending the tight end. They've allowed five tight end touchdowns the last four weeks and ten on the season. So if you've got to play uh, a giant that's not Saquon Barkley, I think Eric Ingram might be your only bet. And then I kind of like Gerald Everett. Um, he's not been real productive in the last month, actually, but he has been the most targeted Seahawks since Russell Wilson returned from injury, averaging seven targets and five catches per game. I think he's going to have a solid floor in PPR. And with a game against a Texans team that has some very poor linebackers, he could and should get open, especially in goal-to-go situations. Um, the lack of a real running game means that he will also continue to receive tight end screens and some probably some, some short yardage goal line looks to keep his floor high and his ceiling marginal. Okay. Uh, a couple of guys I like this week. Well, what's not to like about Travis Kelsey? Because other than his production is kind of sucking <laughs> recently here. However, I think there's a big rebound game coming here against the Raiders. The Raiders have given up nine touchdowns to tight ends in, nine, in 2021. This is a home game. It's against the Raiders. I think Kelsey's going to rebound and score in this game. So you're going to plug and play, and uh, hopefully we're looking at 20-plus points here for PPR. Nick Van Ant, uh, that's another streamer that you might want to consider. He's playing well, scored a game, uh, scored in the game a couple of games ago, and the Jets have given up seven tight end touches uh, to, uh, to touchdowns uh, to tight ends in 2021. So uh, consider Nick Van Ant if you're uh, really desperate there. A couple guys I'm kind of just cautious on. T.J. Hawkinson, you're going to plug him in and play probably. Uh, He went against the the tough uh, Vikings uh, tight end defense, but he scored last week. Well, the Broncos have allowed just one tight end to score in 2021, so I'd be careful about that. Although he can catch some passes and get you some uh, decent PPR numbers there. And Tyler Higby with the Rams, the same thing. The Cardinals have allowed just two tight end scores in 2021, so I wouldn't expect to score there. Just keep that in mind when you're uh, looking through your roster and deciding who you're going to start at tight end. Uh, how about you, Chris? A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why? Well, it's kind of crazy about, but I but I, I will give you a caution play, even more so than Hawkinson and, and Higby, is Rob Gronkowski. Um, you're going to start him. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. 
Buffalo has allowed the league's fewest tight end receptions and the fifth fewest yards and only three touchdowns all season to the tight end and only one since week five. Uh, with the likely focus on the ground, like I mentioned earlier, I think Gronk is going to use his exquisite blocking skills even more and maybe run a, a few fewer routes because there's a gaggle of healthy wide receivers now in Tampa, even with Antonio Brown out. Just lower your expectations, but he has too high of a ceiling to ever bench. I, I just want to throw that out there as just someone who may may not be as big as we're used to getting from Gronk. And then uh, CJ okay. Uzoma, uh, uh, no tight end has really done much against San Francisco since Hawkinson exploded on them in week one. And even including that game, they've allowed the fewest yards in the NFL to the position, 27 yards per game. Uh, so Uzoma has not scored since week seven. He's only averaging five PPR points per game in that time, ranking him as the tight end 42 uh, since week seven. So he's best left on the bench or probably even the waiver wire with the number two tight end stopping Broncos on deck. Ouch, yeah. So avoid CJ there. All right, one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with him, Chris. Uh, Brett Maher is completely unknown, unowned everywhere and is kicking for New Orleans versus the Jets team that allows the most kicker points. New Orleans also has an injured quarterback, receiver, and running back, so they could struggle in the red zone. I really like Brett Maher to get a fair number of uh, field goal chances this week. And Zane Gonzalez uh, is probably not going to have bad weather uh, being in Carolina there. He's again against a weak opponent. And while his team has a sketchy red zone potential and a good defense, these are all positive factors for, for a, a kicker to get a lot of opportunities. And then for the defenses, um, there's a ton of great streaming options this week. There's a lot of mid-level teams that are facing bad teams and several top defenses on by that need streamers. My two favorites are the Chargers going into the Meadowlands against the Giants. The Giants are so undermanned, and a good pass rush for the Chargers should, should do well. And then I like Seattle at Houston. Uh, the Seattle defense is really showing signs of life recently, and the Houston offense, frankly, is not. Yep. Uh, by the way, that game is not in uh, New York, uh, New Jersey. <laughs> it is in L.A. The Chargers are hosting the Giants, so that's oh. an even better reason to uh, yeah. to play yeah. them. And hopefully uh, Joey Bosa, uh, you know, uh, he was held out most of that game uh, with a head injury. He was cleared a concussion uh, last year, last week, so it looks like he's good to go there. Anyway, uh, before I say goodbye, uh, everyone, please uh, con- consider uh, trying our services for the final five weeks. Yep, there's still five weeks left. Uh, Nine ninety-five. Uh, so uh, you know it's barely not even two bucks a, a week. Uh, you get to see what we're all about. Try us out. Hopefully, we can help you win a championship. Uh, we've already started taking renewals uh, for next year at our, what we call a rock bottom price. Uh, we started that on Black Friday, and that price uh, stays in effect all the way through the day after the Super Bowl. And we're giving away T-shirts and such at the end of the month and all. So uh, loyal listeners, uh, loyal subscribers, uh, uh, please renew at your earliest convenience. Uh, like I said last week, the missus and I are going to be celebrating uh, 30 years of wedded bliss one week from tonight. And, yes, I am going to be doing a podcast on that night, too, with Chris. Uh, so, And she wants a new purse or whatnot. So, anyway, uh, so when you can, please renew and try us out for everyone else. And also we want to thank all the, all the loyal listeners out there. Uh, if we've been able to help you, we really appreciate it. Anyway. Thanks for joining us. Uh, For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we preview week 15 of the NFL 2021 COVID season. Good night and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.